people better stop lying. They better stop lying to themselves and they better admit what it is. But that's all right. I got a classic for that ass, though. Like, I got a classic for your ass. That way, this is over with. This conversation is done. But by the way, go retire. And welcome back to another installment of Baltimore County Forever Podcast. What up, though? (laughs) You know it. You know what I got for you. What's up with it? Okay, I'm back. You know what I'm saying? I ain't playing no games. Couple of shots for you. Uh, I, I done toned it down a little bit. Psych! I got some shots for you, bitch niggas! <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You know what I'm saying? You know, shout out to Ant. And I was Ant was like, yeah, I was kind of upset you cut the episode off like that. But Ant, I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it so we can uh, bring the proper person back on the platform. <laughs> the big cousin. The book. Aline of Laptop Chronicles. Welcome back, sir. What up, though? What up, though? Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's always a good day. You know, bring you on the platform so you can give us a little bit of hip-hop history. Um, I'm going to take five to ten minutes. This is what I got to do. This is what I'm noticing I'm doing wrong. I am spending way too much time giving y'all all the what happened this week. Yeah, that's cool. But I be tired of shit editing. So, real quick, couple things. Let's start off with some shit that I heard. Samuel Jadson. Uh, in 2020, you can spend 99 cent and you can have them as the uh, Alexa voice. Wow. Yes. And that's the start. He would be the first celebrity to, that that would be a part of this feature, but it's going to be like a celebrity pack. So uh, I'm really... Ooh, I'm right. going to have to turn my Alexa back on. <laughs> Alexa. I'm sorry. Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> what motherfucker? Uh, excuse me, sir. What? Uh, how hot? What's the? Uh, <laughs> you gonna hit, hit him with the? What's the weather outside, Samuel? Motherfucker is hot. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, bitch. What you think I mean? Put on your motherfucking coat, <laughs> yo. Dumbass motherfucker. Where the fuck is Iron Man? At? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that's pretty cool. Like um, I. Honestly, I was kind of waiting on them to do that. Um, Because, like, well, I'm sure you you heard on the one that I did for my car. You have one for your car? No, I mean, I have, you know, voice navigation. You do? Yeah, and I have Cookie Monster. What? (laughs) Wait. Yeah, so when you use Waze, Mm -hmm. you can can download different voices. Hmm. And so I have Cookie Monster on my in-car voice navigation. Yeah, what, what, what's, why? Why is it Cookie Monster? It's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> hey, yo. I had that. I had Lightning McQueen. But that guy kind of, he turned right. Ka-chow. Uh, <laughs> ka I, I can't do this. Hey, yo. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, man. Uh, how do you feel about, um, <laughs> well, Samuel Jackson. Uh, never mind. Um, Apparently, they're doing the New Jack reboot. I, I haven't read that article yet, but I know the guy from Snowfall. Yeah, he's going to be the writer. He's writer. Okay. Um, do you watch Snowfall? I am. First of all, I've been binge watching for the last two weeks. Yes. I'm on episode four of season three. Oh, my God. This show is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, 
Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Okay. Only because only because Snowfall is so good. Uh huh. So I, I'm not mad at that at all. Not not in the least bit. Okay, let me ask you something, right? You we grew up on these movies. We've seen these movies. Do you think at this point are we too sensitive about remakes of movies that we deem hood classics or classic black movies? Um, sensitive. S- sensitive in a matter of oh, don't touch that. Same thing with our music. Like when you hear different artists remake people's songs, do you think we're too attached to the music in these movies that we just feel like it shouldn't be remade? Or is it just like an unwritten rule, like certain shit shouldn't be remade? Well, I'd have to say no, because I think back to my parents. Okay. When, like for example, when um, uh, Biggie came out Mm -hmm. um, and they had the Between the Sheets remix. Ah, you know my mom and dad. That was a that was their era. Mm-hmm. So pull up, <laughs> yeah. So they were kind of so yeah. Oh hell yeah. So I remember my mom was kind of like she liked it, but she was like, oh, that's just a remix. She wasn't mad. Mm-hmm. So we we it's it's the same thing all over again. It's just we don't want to get quote unquote old. Yes. So hip hop keeps us so young. Yes. So yes. we when we hear like these certain certain things like yeah. like don't don't touch my childhood don't mm-hmm. touch my you know teenage years mm-hmm. because that's what we remember and we remember I remember going to see New Jack City I remember how Nino Brown made me feel mm-hmm. in the movie theater mm-hmm. so it's kind of like if you do a remix or you do a remake of it um it's kind of like you're I know what the original was like, mm-hmm. but somebody who was born in 2004 doesn't. Mm-hmm. So to them, it's a brand new movie. Two things. The kid, uh, Bandana Izzy, uh-huh. he redid How to Rob. And yeah. I'm reading these comments. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you taking shots at these people? And I read one comment that said, if you never heard the original, shut the fuck up. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it was the pal. Shut the Fuck up. Like, right. you, it's it's not about him dissing these people. He probably don't have an issue with none of these people. He just doing what was already done. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? He got mad rap on it, too. The beat sucks, though. Mm-hmm. But he had mad rap on it. So that takes a lot in itself to get him to be on it. Mm-hmm. I did the original. I don't have to do no remakes. I don't got to do none of that shit. So it was cool to see that. Um, I didn't hear the full thing. I seen it on IG when I was sitting on the toilet this morning. <laughs> wow. He's debating if I wanted to call out, which I have no room to do. But whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Uh, and kind of tying into what you were saying about Don't Touch Our Childhood. Shout out to Young Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, Hitmaker. I was watching an interview that he had with uh, Hot 97, mm-hmm. and he was just basically talking about how he reinvented himself from being Young Bird to Hitmaker. Did you know he's the vice president of Atlantic Records? Mm-mm. Did you know that Young Bird was Hitmaker? Mm-mm. Okay. I salute him just because he keeps our childhood alive. Our childhood, uh, I think you, you might have been overseas with like a lot of these songs came out like uh, Case and... Were you still here? No, I was. I was back. Okay, that came out when I was senior year high school, graduating. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah. So he has. He takes a lot of the songs from the nineties, mm-hmm. and what I I love that he's doing is he's he's doing something that is really unheard of, 
which is he's taking the the records and doing them right. Like okay. he's sampling them, adding the correct artist to it, and the the he did it with the uh the Tiana Taylor and Puffy Son song. Uh, I think they sampled Total. I, I think it was Total. Yeah, yeah, because I noticed I was like, yo, who who did a Total remix? Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I kept scrolling. Um, I didn't know Youngberg because you know being from Detroit. So I remember when Youngberg and Trick Trick had beef. Yee. And then I remember I was doing. I was. I was. Uh, this is when I was a bouncer, <laughs> and Youngberg was. We were at this hotel party up in Towson, and Ryan. I remember Ryan Leslie was there, and uh, he's a very talented he, motherfucker, very, bro. Yo, he walked in. They had a band, and he walked in playing the drums, and he lit the place on fire, and then he just left. <laughs> walked in, shit, I lit the drum, and left. But I remember Young Berg was there, and I remember somebody was like, because my man was posted up by the door, and I was like, yo, why are you standing by this door? And it was, a little, it was a dude with a diamond chain on. It was blinging all over the place. And I'm not gonna lie, I was like, yo, who brought their little brother? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, why are you posted about the door? He was like, because of him. I'm like, this little guy, and little Youngberg was sitting on the speaker swinging his feet. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I never really got his. Was this beat. after the trick trick shit? It was like right before. Uh, kind of like right right before and during it. So I I never gotten his music because I was like, yo, who's this dude? He had a song with um. He had a really dope song with Lloyd that's on his album. It's called Manager, and he had a song with Twister. Mm -hmm. called, uh, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. He was a decent. He was a decent rapper. It's just that all this shit. He it happened. Yeah, he, it happened he, he, got, he got caught up in too much shit. Yeah, man. Um, but when I was watching the interview. I understood what Ebro was doing, but I didn't like how he kept on saying. He was like, yeah, you know, coming from when you, you know, you got robbed, and, it's like, and then you got robbed, and then you got robbed, but Young Berg handled himself very well. He was like, yeah, but I learned from it. Yeah. I learned from oh, it, yeah. and then, you know, not having the right OGs around, you know, and he he made, like, $2 million in the last 18 months. I might be wrong on that, but it's definitely millions in the last 18 months. Like okay. I said, being the, he's the vice president of Atlantic Records. Okay. And he said he was working on um he's working on a producer kind of album like Khaled and all of them. Yeah. So I think that was that was pretty good. Mm, man. Okay. Um shout out shout out to Young Bird. Yeah, bro. yeah, for real. Especially if he I won't say reinventing himself, but if he's found his lane, mm -hmm. that's that's all you can, you know, want for an artist. Not mm -hmm. so much, oh, he lost street cred, he's whack. Mm hmm But it's the business sense. Yeah. If he got his business right, you know, that's... You still call me whatever you want, but I control a big-ass label. Mm -hmm. I call the shots on a big-ass label. So I pretty much call the shots on anybody's career mm -hmm. at that point. I'm a label I'm a label exec. Yeah. You feel me? And I'm an artist. Right. And it's a, well, I'm a producer and a writer. You feel me? Like, mm -hmm. so... And shout out to him for being on Atlantic because you know Atlantic is as a music label, they've been around for seventy, wait a minute, fifty, sixty, almost maybe seventy, seventy-five years. Because um, Ray Charles, he was signed he, to Atlantic. He was signed to Atlantic. 
Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember in the movie, but remember when he, it was like the two guys, the two older guys, they were like brothers, mm-hmm. and they were, um, they were cool with him doing the music, but they knew that he was on drugs, and they was kind of like, you know, let letting it slide. Mm-hmm. That's when he was on Atlantic. Mm. So Atlantic Records has been around for a long time. They got uh, almost everybody in R and B. Some of y'all was probably made to artists that was on Atlantic. Um, yeah, Atlantic, <laughs> <laughs> Atlantic Records has been around for a long time. <laughs> Three strokes for the birth of baby Kevin and baby Ashley. <laughs> hey, yo. Oh, <laughs> real quick, man. I, I really want to. Let's give a, a round of applause for. Uh, let's give a round of applause for J. Cole. That Dreamville album. I, the album. He, the, the new video that's out. I keep meaning With the watch. baby? The or the one did, to sleep deprived or something I like that. I think sleep deprived. Okay. They, uh, but listen to this though. J. Cole helped 46 artists and producers receive their first platinum plaque. Wow. 46? 46. That deserves a whole nother round of applause. Damn. That's, that's 46. 46, bruh. That's why I say he is Hove. He is the Hove of this particular generation. Mm-hmm. Because he's, in a sense, realistically speaking, that's no different than the Dynasty album. Yeah. Because the Dynasty album put uh, everybody on. Exactly. Um, the only difference is this put in-house artists and producers on and young artists. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. That's amazing. Guap Dad 4000 has a platinum plaque. Like, and Guap Dad, where I first heard him, was on Instagram. But he's a really dope rapper as well. Yeah. See, I'm um, Boss. Yeah, boss too. Like, so it's like, these artists that, God willing, they get they get the opportunity to have another platinum plaque sitting on their wall. But, come on, like, this is pretty big. Like, 46. Cause most, 46. Because most, let's see, most crews, if you think about it, they only put on one or two people mm-hmm. who might make it. Yeah. Like Nelly, when he had Murph Lee and, um, you know, the St. Lunatics. Yeah. I think Murph Lee might have been the only one that had a yeah. hit. Um, who else? T.I. with Hustle Gang. And was Dro. Young Dro. And that's they, it. I don't really know what happened with Big Country Gang. That, that Trey Song song he had was hard, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, shit, who else? The only people that put people on that was... Was made back and then, and for real, for real, them niggas already had who they were. Who they were, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, well, this is my first time hearing them with Rick Ross. You feel me? Like so, mm, that's that's amazing, man. That listen, really is. Listen, that <laughs> shout out the cold man. Shout out the cold man. That that's pretty dope. All right, so boom, this is the episode, right? Um, we had this Chuck D presents this day in rap and hip-hop history right so i'm for the most part i ask people to give me random days dates rather month day and year and what we will do excuse me me and aline what we will do 
is go to that particular day. If we cannot find that day in this book, we will pick the day closest to it. So, first up, I have my cousin Jamel. He gave me September 25th, 2005. Let's see, September 20th, 2005. Let's see what Let's we get. See, 2005. September 25th. Mm -hmm. All right, so the closest we got is September 13th. And it's uh, Paul Wall releases his second studio album, The People's Champ, on Atlantic. Huh. Uh, it says debuting at number one on the Billboard 200. The, pill, the platinum selling album from the Houston rapper spawned four singles, Drive Slow with Kanye West and GLC. The Texas Loving They Don't Know featuring Mike Jones. The Gold Selling Sitting Sideways featuring Big Pokey and Girl, which reached number 35 on Billboard Hot 100. Other guests on the album featured appearances by T.I., 36 Mafia, Trey Songs, and Bun B. How do you feel when artists share singles? I love it. Like, even though you hear it on the same, on a different person's album? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it because, um, who did it? Jadakiss and Busta Rhymes did it with, um, Respect My Conglomerate. Okay. And, um, I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's, they're legitimately on that song. Yeah. So, it just gives you a chance to hear it twice. Mm hmm You know, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mind if, it doesn't bother me as a, as a listener. Mm -hmm. Somebody, you know, puts it over here and over there. Do you skip um, radio records when you hear them on the album? Yes. Okay. I let, uh, mm, yes, because for the most part, I find that they're better songs mm -hmm. that aren't radio friendly. Mm -hmm. But if you just listen to the song that's on the radio... Like, for example, um, Kendrick Lamar, um, when uh, Swimming Pools came out, that's all that you heard. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't feeling it at first until you listened to the whole album. So I've, I've learned that just like the song that you hear is just the song that's getting them out there, is getting them paid. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to the whole album, you're probably going to find something better. Mm -hmm. But it's just not radio friendly. Mm -hmm. Uh, thoughts on Paul Wall as an artist? Um, what's your favorite Paul Wall record? Um, Sitting Sideways. Mm, boys in the days, Sitting Sideways. Mm. Hey, yo, that's my shit, yo. Because it really, like, to me, that's the embodiment of Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. You know. Shout out to Houston, bro. I love y'all. I, I gotta get down there. I gotta get down there when they doing the swinging. Yes. Pause. <laughs> but I mean, you you know, plus the video, man. They got the you know what? Uh, trunk neon lights. Neon lights. The Pop, Cadillac. Yeah. The, fifth the trunks. Wheel, the doors is open. They going from side yeah. to side. Seat inside. Wait. Boys in the dates. And the fact that him, like when he came out, you know, of course, him being a white rapper, he was like. Alright, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't ever tripping on it. Mm -hmm. Other people were tripping on it. But he was so cool and nobody really give a fuck. Nah, I I feel like I've never heard anybody hit him with the old culture vulture. Like this yeah. nigga grew up like it's like MC Search for the right. sense. Like you don't think anything of it. You just mm -hmm. like, oh fuck it, it's cool. <laughs> I ain't tripping, you feel me? Um 
but but to me sitting sideways that's that's Houston mm-hmm. all day that's Houston that's Texas that's that's the embodiment of that region mm-hmm. that's why I love that song all right uh next up we have my my padron. Padrin, I like that one. Padrin, brother. <laughs> Padrin, Padrin, brother. Norm Regular, the talented artist. Norm Regular, and he gave us his birthday. Uh, he gave us March 24. Okay, March 24, 1988. Let's see, 88, 88, essay 6, 87. He said March. All right, closest we got is a ooh. All right, so we got. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Somebody else gave me. Somebody gave me March twenty. What did I say? March twenty fourth. Somebody on Facebook gave me March twenty. My cousin gave me March twenty fifth. Okay, so it's still so the closest date is March 29th. Shout out to Rico. Phillies DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince released their sophomore album. He's the DJ, I'm the rapper on Jive. The triple platinum albums, mostly G-rated language and themes, made it one of the first rap albums to cross over to younger audiences and bring the playful and comedic side of hip-hop to the mainstream. The first double, the first rap double album, it contained the smash hit Parents Just Don't Understand, which won the first ever Grammy for best rap performance and reached number four on the Billboard 200 and number five on the R&B chart. This was the first year of the Grammys. This this was the first year the Grammys had a rap category but did not televise the award. So Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, along with a slew of other performers, boycotted the show in protest. The next year, the rap category was televised. Mm. So, yeah. Protesting um, goes a long way. Yeah, it really does. Um, Which... You know, and, and shit, man, we still fucking protesting mm-hmm. with the Oscars. Um, um, I, I could talk all day about that, but I was a huge Jazzy Jeff fan, D, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince fan, because this was before the show. Um, and oh man, I used to have that tape because I remember the tape cover was Jazzy Jeff holding a house. With some headphones on, it was it was crazy, um, and and the and the crazy part was a lot of people because this was '88, so NWA was out. Um, they they were big on the West Coast. You had um, Cool G Rap, DJ Polo was out. Shout out to my uncle. Um, you had you know they were you know you had so much music out. And you had so many people telling these, like these these gritty tales of of what they were living. And that's what they were rapping about. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince with he's the DJ with parents just don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially with it being the first Grammy, I remember they kind of got a lot of flack. I remember Fresh Prince was like, "Look, man, we we artists." You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm not a thug. I'm not, I'm not cool C. Mm-hmm. You know, cool, yeah, cool murder. C. He yeah. got, he, did he, he die? He got executed. Yeah, yeah, he died yeah. for the bank robbery. They shot robbery. the lady. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm, I'm not these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm me. This is what I rap about. And I remember a lot of people was giving him flack because they felt like people didn't, ma- mainstream didn't take rap serious 
by nominating them and giving them that Grammy mm-hmm. because they were like, oh, he's a funny guy. He makes, you know, funny records. This is what people think that rap is. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you had N.W.A. rapping about fuck the police because they out there getting beat up by the police. And they yeah. actually went on tour together. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. that's, that's crazy. That's, um, that's a hell of a bill. Man, that, it was... It was a lot of that. Everybody was going on tour. Yeah. Because I think that tour was N.W.A., Fresh Prince. I know N.W.A., LL Fresh Cool Prince, J. LL Cool J, Salt and Pepper was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Heavy D and the Boys were on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, that, fucking that crazy. Yeah, that tour was crazy. I remember here, I, I was... I think I was nine years old. Um, I know my brother went, and I remember him talking about it. Um... But yeah, I, I remember that too. Um, but I think yeah, they they caught a lot of flack for that because a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're not gonna take rap serious." Mm-hmm. But when they protested, they were like, "Look, man, we we all in this together." You know, what I'm saying you you do that kind of rap, we do this kind of rap, but we all under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. We all gonna protest together, and you see you see what it did. But it also goes back to what we talked about last time, how mainstream people, white people, thought that the culture was a gimmick. Mm-hmm. They thought it wasn't going to last. That's why they ain't talk about it. That's it was why like, you ain't going to be hitting that shit. Exactly. And meanwhile, you know, the, at, at this time, it was 88, mm-hmm. at this time, the culture had officially been around for 15 years. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, man, we here. We here to stay. Or 17 years, because 71 is when they count the official date. So it's like, look, man, we here. Mm-hmm. We're not going nowhere. This is what we do. This is this is music. This is American music. And like you say, you know, they thought it was a gimmick, but it changed things when they protested. Um, let's talk about Will Smith. Do you ever feel like there was a time that Will Smith wasn't ours? Wasn't ours of the culture? I think. Um. The only time I think he wasn't ours was when he did that movie, like, it was a period in time when he was doing, like, he did that movie Six Degrees of Separation. I knew you were going to go there. That was wild. That was, yeah, that was yeah. like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Woo! But, that, that was his first... That was his first movie. Yeah, okay, alright. But did you ever see the story, he put it on Facebook, of how he got the Fresh Prince show yeah he was saying that uh he was gonna go audition he told quincy jones uh, give me give me in the week yeah he's like (laughs) and dude was like no 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 if you do it in the week this this deal's gonna be gone so i think when he came back with the show and then um the fact that you know he was who he was but he didn't change per se Mm -hmm. he was like he was who he was on his album Mm mm-hmm you know, bringing the comedy, bringing the lightheartedness, um, and and the show popped. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think at that time, man, we had everything on TV. We had the Cosby Show, Different um, World, Different World. We had uh, you know, Family Matters, which I saw a very interesting meme today. It said that it's funny that the house in Full House was made a, a city landmark. Meanwhile, the house from Family Matters was torn down for condos. Damn. Yeah. Was that in Chicago? Okay. Yep. All right. 
But yeah, you had all these shows out, man. Like all these I positive up, shows. Man. Yeah, you think about it. You know, um, so when you had the Fresh Prince, he that show went right in with the flow of positive black images on TV. It was funny. I was a kid at the time, so seeing Fresh Prince and being a Fresh Prince fan, mm -hmm. you know, because I he's a DJ, I'm the rapper, home base, summertime, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, which is one of the greatest songs ever, not just greatest rap song, but I think Will Smith has always been ours, except mm. for that little period where he was trying to get his Justin foot in the foot. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, my man, he still... Did you see... There was a clip. He was he was rehearsing. and For the show? Yes. Yeah. He still got it. Yeah. He still got it. Yeah. You know what the, I'm saying? I, I seen that joint. And um, I want to say we were rehearsing for some show that they were having yep. or something like that. And he, him and Jeff... Ooh, bruh, please tell me you have ever seen DJ Jazzy Jeff DJ in person. I have not. I remember being downtown one time when he was playing. And I remember asking somebody, I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, Yo. it was like, oh, DJ Jazzy Jeff is performing. I think it was the, like the light show or some shit like mm -hmm. that. He was he was performing. I think I remember hearing he was here. Yeah, I was probably like two, maybe three years ago or something like that. All right, so... I always forget the third thing, but two of the most amazing things I've seen. One of them is the Lion King, mm -hmm. the 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 play. Okay. The second one is DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm. He, like, I was in Atlanta, and um, this this DJ in Atlanta named DJ Kimmet, mm -hmm. he was on. I thought he was incredible. You know what I'm saying? He was do -do -do doing his thing, and then uh, Skills came out. Okay, Skills so was DA. Yeah, from VM. Okay. And he announced, you know, he announced Jeff. And Jeff got up there. My man said nothing. Mm -hmm. He never got on the mic. He never said a thing to the crowd. But I want to say everybody in there stopped what they were doing and just watched him. Nobody had no phones out. I mean, it's the most amazing thing. And it's so effortless. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't... Like, he was scratching and mixing and he was, like, having a conversation with somebody on the stage laughing and joking. Like, oh, yeah, I gotta do this right now. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> and meanwhile, the whole crowd is just, like, in awe. His son is a DJ. Of, of course. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I follow his son. And I, I wasn't even following his son over no DJ show. I think it was, like, sneakers. Yeah. He's, like, really big into, like, sneakers. And I was following him, and I didn't even know that was his son. I'm just oh, following him just because of, I think he has like he's like a sneakerhead or whatever. So I'm like, I was like, oh, this this nigga dad, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, smack his son if he wasn't. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, give me your top five uh, DJs. Top five DJs, okay. DJ Jazzy Jeff, Just Blaze. Um. My boy, uh, he's more of a producer. Um, DJ Scratch. Okay. Um, let's see. Man, you really put me on the spot with this one. I guess you could call him a DJ. DJ Quick. Yeah. And, I've um, seen him DJ yeah. like, like on videos and shit. And uh, I got to I gotta give a shout out to my man from uh, L.A., his name is uh, DJ Artistic. Okay. Um, 
He's from South Central LA. Um, dude is incredible. He does a lot of mixes. Um, he, he'll just throw a mix up. And mm -hmm. I wish I, I wish I lived out in Cali, cause he DJs a lot on um, like he's they they they're trying to get cause you know gentrification is everywhere, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of spots in LA that are being gentrified. A lot of clubs, you know, they're going through that gentrification. Clubs, process. clubs. Cause now here's the thing about that. They'll do something like like what happened in DC with the Metro. PCS oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? You get people... Don't mute DC. Yeah, you know, oh, you don't like that kind of music. Well, you moved into the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. These people have been there for generations. You're invading their space. Mm -hmm. um, so you get clubs that are in these gentrified neighborhoods, and they start putting up dress codes, mm -hmm. you know, to keep people like me and you out. You know, oh, you can't have athletic gear. You can't have shorts on. Mm -hmm. You can't have gym shoes. Um, type of shit I seen downtown when I was bouncing dude was like oh you can't have gym shoes and he's turning away all the cats coming up there with the Prada gym shoes remember that yeah but he's letting in the the Asian guys is you know coming from Hopkins or whatever coming in with the with the Nike Air Dad shoes oh the Monarchs yeah, yeah. That, that, that <laughs> they're comfortable as shit wow they are my brother has my brother has a pair yeah and he got them because they had like this nice little colorway to them and shit but I tried one of them joints on <laughs> they are comfortable as fuck and if they come with the right colors I'm buying one I seen a girl working at Sam's Club she had the red joints on I was like them bitches comfortable as shit ain't they she was like hell yeah I was like yeah nigga I need yeah. a pair. Them shits was fire, too. Yeah, I, well, I ain't there yet. Maybe, yeah. maybe when I turn 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm about nah, to get nah. the bitches at 30. <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to Artistic, man, because they they um, they um do a lot of events around L.A. And they, they're, they're trying to fight this gentrification. Like, hey, man, you know, we, we bring business in. We bringing our culture in. And he's a damn good DJ, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, check check him out, man. Um, yeah, those those be, those be my top five DJs. So yes, moving right along, what do we have? Let's see. My man Bobby, my man Bobby gave me. What is the date Bobby gave me? My man Bobby gave me eight twenty five, nineteen eighty two. Whoa, that's for my time. All right, 825, 1982. Let's see, 82. Um, let's see. All right, the closest we could get is July 1st <clears throat> when uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five released the message on Sugar Hill. After releasing a series of party singles, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five put out the message which is considered one of the first socially conscious hip-hop songs. The song, which combined elements of R&B, disco, funk, and hip-hop with lyrics that painted a clear picture of inner-city life, will end up serving as a template for scores of hip-hop groups to come, including Public Enemy, N.W.A., and Notorious B.I.G. In 2012, Rolling Stone named The Message the greatest hip-hop song of all time, the song, which reached number four on the R&B hip-hop chart, would serve as the title track to the group's debut album released that October. Okay, you said uh, when you were reading Rolling Stone's Demon This, the greatest hip-hop song of all time, you kind of looked like you didn't agree. Yeah. Give me two songs that's, that, would, that could replace that. 
Summertime and 93 to Infinity. Why? Um, summertime because is you can play that every year. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it will... I mean, for, for I mean, because when you think about summertime, summer, you know what I'm saying? Happy. Happy. Literally, everything he said in a record is what we see. Is what we do every year. Mm-hmm. And we've done every year for as long as we can remember. Mm-hmm. Going to cookouts, getting your short set right. He really is. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember, man, my man, um, Kyle Whitaker, shout out to him, man. He's a pilot for uh, United. Uh, we was real cool in uh, high school. It, our, our summer didn't officially start until we played that song. It could be May and it could be hot. Mm-hmm. It could be June and it could be hot. But until we played that song, our summer didn't start. Um, and let me see. Um, and we still do that to this day. Now, granted, when the song came out, we were in school. Mm-hmm. Summertime meant we was out of school. Mm-hmm. We was riding bikes. Is this before summer break or after summer break? I remember that song coming out before summer break. Oh man! So you you're hearing that song leading into the summer? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I asked. That's yeah. very important. Yeah, because you and even we still we still hold that as adults. Mm-hmm. Like I say, you holding on to. Your childhood, your your teenage years, your young twenties, mm-hmm. you're holding on to that. Mm-hmm. Going to the cookouts, I mean, we could go to work right now, or in this in this day and age as adults, we still think of the summertime like we should be off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> I worked hard for my Saturday Sundays off, exactly. my nigga. Like <laughs> it's Saturday Sunday, what you do? You get up Saturday morning, you wash your car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then you go to the mall. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Northland Mall, right outside Detroit. We was in there every Saturday. Mm-hmm. You walk the mall, get you some fresh felines, mm-hmm. something like that. And like I told you before, you know, in Saturdays in Detroit, like I said, got up, wash the car, hit the mall, go back to the house, chill out. We might go to a cookout, mm-hmm. go back to the house, freshen up. Then we was hitting Seven Mile, mm-hmm. hopping on the lodge. Driving downtown, cruising up Jefferson, cruising up Belle Isle. Like, that was our weekly routine in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was out of school. My brother was nine years older than me. He wasn't working. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and we was um, hanging, you know, moms was home, granny was home, pop was home. But that's what we did every summer. You know, we had an enclosed porch. So, after we get back from cruising 11 30 12 o'clock we we posted up in the in the on on the porch and everybody the kids is out all night somebody's playing basketball in the alley so you know what i'm saying that's why i say summertime is one of the greatest songs mm-hmm. now 93 till infinity that's one of my favorite songs um just because it's timeless mm-hmm just the name itself, ninety three till infinity. Um, and and I'm sure you know folks will argue argue me down on that, but I do see where they're going with this because it was like the message was the first socially conscious song. And kind of gave 
white America the actual window to the black society. Exactly. Damn, I sound good as a motherfucker saying that. And we can, <laughs> and this was eighty two, right? So, <clears throat> so remember, like we talked about last week with the whole Blondie thing mm-hmm. coming out of the punk rock era, they thinking it's um, you know, rap is a gimmick, rap is not serious, rap mm-hmm. is not real. Oh, they just spinning around on a piece of cardboard. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the visual. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I remember Broken glass everywhere. everywhere. Right. And, you know, because at this time, man, like you're about, you're about, it's 82, you're maybe 25 years, maybe 15, 25, between 15 and 25 years removed from white flight of the Bronx. White flight of Brooklyn, white flight of Queens, mm-hmm. you know, white flight of Detroit. Um, so everybody, you know, you know, people moved out. You know, white people moved out to the suburbs, and they were like, "Oh, we're good." And then, all right, so Reagan was elected president in 1980, and crack really didn't hit until. 85, 86, but you started to get the rumblings of it, and um, that's what I, I get. I get this what they saying. The message is the greatest hip hop song of all time, but I think that can be argued. I mean, in the same way you you argue who's your top five. Yeah, you know. So, but I, I get it though. I I yeah, I feel him. I, I'm, I'm feeling him on that. Um. Let's say you had to uh, remake Summertime. What two artists are you going to use uh, from today? From t- today's artists. What what two artists from today are you going to use to remake Summertime? Um, um, ooh, man, that's a hard one. Um, who's a light-hearted rapper? Chance. Yes, perfect. There you go. I kind of feel like Meek could do it too. Uh uh-uh. uh You don't think so? Uh uh-uh. uh. Chance the rapper would be perfect. You mm-hmm. go, yeah. I mean, yeah. Chance he, two verses. Who's in the middle though? For a guest verse, three verses. Chance is on the first and the last. Who's in the middle? Fab. Drake. Ooh, shit. How the fuck did we forget him? Yes. How the fuck did we forget him? Yep. I think I think Chance and Drake. Chance and Drake can remake Summertime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Chance will bring that lightheartedness. Drake can still bring the lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, right. <laughs> the, the hand and shit. <laughs> Don't trip. This is Summertime, bitch. Right. <laughs> I think Chance, Chance and Drake. Huh. Alright, uh, next up we have um, Let's see Shout out to Yumi Yumi gave us Christmas 1990 Ooh, Okay Let's see 91, okay Okay, so, ooh, ooh. Wait, okay. What date is it? Closest we got is December 18th Shout out to my sister uh, former NWA, yes, yeah, shout out to his own birthday. Uh, former NWA member Ice Cube releases the EP Kill at Will on Priority. Mm. Ice Cube released the platinum selling EP 
Soon after the success of America's Most Wanted, the seven-track set employed some recordings from the album session, which was primarily produced by the Public Enemy production team, The Bomb Squad, the previous year. Kill at Will contained such key classics as Jackin' for Beats, Dead Homies, and the hit single Endangered Species Tales from the Dark Side, the remix, which had Chuck D of Public Enemy. It reached number 34 on the Billboard 200 and number 5 on the R&B chart. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say, A, Cube is in my top five. Okay. He's always been one of my top five rappers. Okay. Second of all, I want to say, if you notice, like, for example, when, when I read about the message, it, it said, you know, the message reached number four on the R&B and hip-hop chart. It said, you know, this this Ice Cube, number five on the R&B chart. Up until recently, there was no separation of mm. R&B and hip-hop. Only in the past, in the past 20 years. Damn, that sounds so fucking old. Since 2000, mm. has there been an R&B category and a, and a hip-hop category? It's usually all combined in one. And that, I think that messed a lot of artists up because you you had Kill at Will in the same category as Luther Vandross. Mm. They're not the same. It's apples and oranges. Right. But this one, I remember this one very vividly. Um, Kill at Will, still one of my favorite albums. Um, Cube was fresh off of the... You know, leaving NWA, um, America's Most Wanted dropped, and he was one of the first artists that went to the East Coast and worked with the Bomb Squad. I think it was Hank Shockley and Keith Shockley. Okay. Don't ask me how I remember that shit. <laughs> um, but those dudes, um, it, it, man, I, I fucking love this album. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I have it on CD. Because if you buy it now on CD, it combines America's Most Wanted and Kill at Will on the same CD. Um, I think that's how I show up on like Apple. Right. But at the time, America's Most Wanted was out. And then you bought Kill at Will. And I remember the cover was Ice Cube handing, like, he had a pistol in his hand. Mm -hmm. um, jacking for Beats. That was cr well. Well, first of all, Ice Cube going going to the East Coast was crazy, mm -hmm. um, because he was one of the first West Coast artists to do that. Um, but like I said, he was fresh off of the NWA stuff. He was like, "Let me get up out of here," and the Bomb Squad, their 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 production, man. I think a couple years ago, a couple years ago, it might have been about ten years ago. They they got recognized for their production quality. Okay. Um, I can't remember who. It might have been the Soul Train Awards or something, but somebody recognized them for their production quality, which is highly underrated. Mm -hmm. Um. But the album itself, it it had a lot of a lot of things. Now now, first of all, even to this day, when you listen to L.A. rappers, um. You listen to Mozzie. You listen to I Nip fucks with Mozzie, I bro. Shout out to Stacy too. Stacy fucks with Mozzie heavy Mozzie too. Mozzie is bro. Mozzie got a song. You ever heard of Terrace Martin? Mm hmm. I was listening to a Terrace Martin 
fuck. Who is it? Terrence Martin and Q2? No, 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 no. Terrence Martin and somebody else, they did, they did, uh, can I, can I kick it? Um, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Go ahead, finish. I, I'm, but, uh, yeah, so, so, Mozzie, you know what I'm saying, Nipsey. Nas, Nas producer. Um, Salam Remy. Salam Remy? Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, there it is. Ooh, yeah, okay. it's good. Oh, it's jazz. To, it's jazz. I'm about, yeah, yeah, it's great. Terrace Martin is hard. Yeah, it's uh, they. I feel. I feel like they redid like a um, a Tri-Cloud Quest song. I can't think right now. Um, but these, you know, like these artists nowadays, when you hear them, they're they're telling the story of their life, mm -hmm. which is very common to all of us. Ice Cube did that on this album. He had the product, um, which, I mean, that pretty much told the tale of being young, black, growing up in this, you know, white-dominated society. Um, and then you, you had Jackin' for Beats. Then when you had Dead Homies. Now, let me see. This was 1990, so I was 11. Let's see. Yeah, I was 11. I don't even know. I was born in 79. Who knows? <laughs> Somebody out there do the math, but hearing you know I I I hadn't I hadn't lost a friend, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying I wasn't growing up in you know that era or that environment of drive-bys and you know gang banging and all of that. So to see a video and hear a song like um, "Dead Homies" was like for me it was kind of eye-opening because I'm looking at this video. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, they look like me. Mm. Like, that could be me. That could be my friends. Um, like when Ice Cube said, um, um, how strong can you be when you see your pops crying? So that's why Ice Cube's messed up, dressed up, because the city is so fucking messed up. Mm -hmm. And then, like, now, you know what I'm saying, as, like, you know, I'm wearing a shirt, boys in the hood. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you got menace to society, and it's coming together. And I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying, like, I, I'm remembering back when shit came out, and I'm, Tupacalypse Now came out, you know, um, when he had the song Young Black Male. And I'm, I'm piecing all this together because I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, they look like me. Is, is this my life? You know, do I have something to look forward to? Am I going to be dead at 18? And also, you got to remember, that's what the news was reporting. Mm -hmm. That 95% of black males were going to be dead or in jail by 18. So, as a 11-year-old, 12-year-old, I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, is this my, is this my fate? And then at the same time, we had the Cosby Show, we had the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, we had, um, uh, let me see, let me try to name another show that was on at that time. Um, um what was another show that was on? Uh, I can't think of one. But anyway, so so you so it was kind of like, so it was kind of like you had. It was like a twofold. It was like a, a coin, a two-head coin. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, it's like, all right, 
I got Bill Cosby saying do positive things. But I'm growing up hip hop. On the other side of the coin, it's like I'm listening to Kill at Will. I'm watching Boys in the Hood. I'm seeing Ricky get shot running down the alley. I'm listening to Cube talk about dead homies. Talk about, you know, the song, the product. Um, and it was like, damn, you know, how am I going to grow up in this world? Um, and then also, there was a shout-out track on this album. That was one of the first shout-out tracks that I heard. Mm -hmm. um, was this the first time Jacking for Beats has ever been done in hip-hop? And wax. I'm not talking like, As far as I can remember, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it's when I come to your car, to to your town, don't crowd me, cause I know you're gonna want to kick it. Wow, damn! Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I remember the video. Um, man, Ice Cube. I, I I watched the interview with him the other day, and he was talking about how in the movie Straight Outta Compton, when O'Shea Jr. you know you know was was betraying him, and he went and yeah, broke up. That, he bro. said that really happened. He said he had just, America's Most Wanted was, you know, doing numbers. Kill at Will he had just put out. And he said he had, um, he was trying to get this house, but he was a hundred grand short. So he said he, he talked to the guy who was head of priority. Like, hey man, my albums are doing numbers. You know I'm producing. Uh, I, I need this, I need this hundred grand. And he said, dude on the phone was like, all right, cool. So he said he went up there and said, dude was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's why he ended up cracking up homeboy's office. Mm. But he said that shit was true. But um, yeah, I remember Kill I Will, man. That's like to me, that's one of my favorite albums. That uh, it, yeah, and when you have Endangered Species, um, where they talked about young young black men being endangered species. Mm -hmm. I remember Connie Chung. Well, I've heard that in years. Yeah, she did a she did a news you know a news piece, and she said uh, reporting about the oldest. No, no, it might, it might not have been Connie Chung. It might have been somebody who sounded like her. But I remember she was on the song, and it said we reporting was to be the oldest and the newest endangered species in America, and she said young black males. Mm. Which, when she said it, when you think about it, it's like, damn, that's crazy. You know, you have somebody talking about an endangered species that's been on the list, but it's still on the list, quote unquote. But yeah, Kill That Will, man, that was that was heavy. That was very instrumental in my life. Hmm. To this day, I still listen to. It. Let me see what else we got. Uh, who? Um, shout out to we okay. Eris, Eris has October 24th, 1992. Niggas is just out here giving me they uh, they, birthday. they birthdays. Like, October 24th, um. Okay, so uh, closest we got is October 20th. Mm -hmm. Grand Pooba releases a solo debut, Real to Real on Elektra. Real to Real is Grand Pooba's first solo album after the rapper spent time in the late 80s and early 90s 
groups like Masters of Ceremony and Brand Nubian. The album peaked at number 28 on the Billboard 200, spending 14 weeks on the chart, and was number 14 on the R&B chart. Mm-hmm. The album's lead single, 360 Degrees, What Goes Around, topped the rap singles chart and reached number 68 on the Billboard 100. The album's second single, Check It Out, featured an early guest vocal performance from Mary J. Blige. Um, I was a fan of Grand Poobah when he was in Brand Nubian. Um, I remember when Real to Real came out. Um, but I wasn't too. I don't know. He didn't. Um, his name was ringing bells. Mm-hmm. I remember because. Uh, I don't know, man. Like Brand Nubian was kind of a weird group because you had Grand Poobah. Um, who who could rap? You know what I'm saying? Like he had his voice was very unique. Mm-hmm. Sadat X, he never seemed like he was comfortable rapping. Hmm. Like I don't know. It was just I never I never really liked him as a rap. Not that I didn't like him as a rapper. His style just didn't appear to me. And Lord Jamar, mm-hmm. which Lord yeah, Lord Jamar is he is off the off the yowza bars nowadays. My man, he's saying whatever. He's the old man in the barbershop. Yeah. Just saying whatever the fuck. I don't mean. like none of them niggas no way. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, yeah? Yeah. And Eminem's a, Eminem can't rap. And I'm like, what's like, up with you, bro? Right, yeah, he's, I skip past his interviews because he's going to say some wild shit. Annoying, bro. Like, I'm um, sorry, bro. Like, that couple, nigga's annoying. A couple of things he said is like, makes sense. But. So um, I'm shadowed by the stupid shit. I'd say 90% of what he <laughs> says is like, yo, somebody need to meet this nigga. Um. See you outside, brother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the only time I really did fuck with Grand Poobah was when on What's the 411. Mm-hmm. That. The, the, the song What's the 411. Yeah. Um, but I never really, I don't know, Grand, Grand Poobah, I never really, I don't know, I was never really into Brand Nubian. Um, I don't know, I just I just thought they always, I won't say sounded funny. It seemed like they was forced together. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. They they just it seemed like they mesh. just didn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's let's share with something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you Corey's birthday, but I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a little bit more current. Let's do February thirteenth, two thousand and three. Hmm. Right here. All right. Uh. Ooh. Okay. February thirteenth. So. Uh, kind of in the middle. All right, so we got February 6th, 50 Cent releases Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> and then you got February 25th, Freeway releases Philadelphia Freeway. Um, that's that's the same year? 2003. Wow. Yeah, February 6th was wow. 50 Cent. And then uh, February 25th was Freeway. Um, uh, um, How did Get Rich or Die Trying change hip-hop? Man, did it change it? I think it just changed it because it made Fifty Cent a star. Mm-hmm. Um, because remember he had that song "How to Rob." Yeah, nobody had heard, or well, a few people had heard it. I hadn't. I hadn't heard. It. I didn't know who this dude was. Um, but with "Get Rich or Die Trying," because he had Eminem backing, the Dr. Dre backing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Interscope backing, um, 
I think that pushed it to the front in the club because it was like 2003, so we in the in the you know button down Fubu uh, when I had the Rockerwear <laughs> um, velour suit, <laughs> which I still have. <laughs> Which I my cream velour yeah, rockerwear no. suit. Yo, I'm gonna that that shit's gonna I'm gonna show up at an old school party and they can be like, oh that's that's a banging outfit. Where'd you get it? Like I've been had it. Mm-hmm. Waiting for this day right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um 2003. Yeah, so I was uh, I was up there in Anchorage. Um Where's Anchorage? Alaska. Okay. Um which I know everybody like Alaska. It's it's a big city. At the time, shit, it was about three hundred thousand people. Damn. Um, it's probably bigger, way bigger now. But Fifty Cent as an artist, it was a, it was, you know, it was a club song. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was twenty two, twenty three, maybe twenty four. I'm, I'm probably twenty four. Yeah, you were twenty four. I was fourteen. Yeah. Um. So, um. You know, what I'm saying I'm hitting the clubs. You know what I'm saying? I got my fat farm button down, <laughs> my fat farm jeans, you know what I'm saying, with, and my uh, lugs. Oh, you had the front foot? I had the lugs. Uh, oh, that hurt. <laughs> I'm saying that was that was in. Matter of fact, I can show you a picture with me. I got them lugs in my hand. <laughs> they were red. What's bright. wrong with you? They were bright red. Yo, I was like, yo, I'm going to stand out. And I think my Did mom, you have Mountain Games? No. Okay, oh no, right. no 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 no! Right. No, I, nah, I had standards, man. <laughs> but um, damn, how did it change? I think just just for the fact that it it threw Fifty Cent mm-hmm. at the in the forefront of hip hop, and he's been riding that wave ever since. Um, one more question before we jump the freeway: Who is the best East Coast artist to rhyme over a Dr. Dre beat? Hmm. I'd have to take it back to Nas. Mm. Nas is coming. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, and even when he when he had the firm, it was uh, that was Cormega, Foxy Brown, and Nas. Nas always stood out. Dr. Drake. Oh yeah, Az Az. And uh, Nature sometimes. <laughs> That's right, yeah, because he was in and out of jail. I yeah, think. Cormega was in and out of jail. And there we go. Play some nature real randomly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Cormega. Um, but I think I think Nas, he always, you oh you know what um, watching I was watching one of the interviews. Who did it? I think it was Lazy Bone. Okay. I was watching Lazy Bone DJ Vlad interview. I don't know why I'm watching all these fucking DJ Vlad interviews. <laughs> <laughs> but they were talking about Straight Outta Compton. Uh-huh. And they were talking about, he understood, because a lot of people was taking this shit personal. But he was like, yo, it's a movie. It's entertainment. You know, he was like, yeah, they embellished some of the parts, but it's entertainment. And they were talking about the whole Suge Knight thing. And he said, Dr. Dre wouldn't have met up with Suge Knight. He said, Dr. Dre is more of a genius type. You know, he's more of a business type. Um, But, you know, whether it's business, doing billion dollar deals, or doing beats, 
Dr. Dre is a genius. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody who works with him, um, how can I put this? I, I, I hate the fact that him and Rakim couldn't work it out. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, King T. King T said that Dre, even the game, even the game, when, when the whole beef happened with G-Unit and the game, Dr. Dre told him, just chill. You know what I'm saying? Just just let let that go. I'm trying to steer you in this direction. And the game said that's one of the things he didn't do. He said he wished that he had listened to Dre. King T said the same thing. He said Dre was like, yo, just chill. I got you. You know, I'm, Who I'm, was King T? King T is a West Coast rapper. Came out in the same era as Ice Cube, N.W.A., um, Ice T, Kid Frost, mm-hmm. all them guys. He had a couple of songs. Um, nothing really like pop, but I remember he had, like I remember he was he had a very big verse on "We're All in the Same Game." Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah yeah he had a couple of songs. It wasn't nothing really really significant. Um, but he he said that one of the things he wished he had done was take Dre's advice. Let me just sit to the side, let Dre do his thing, and then Dre would take me where mm-hmm. I want to go. Mm-hmm. And Rakim did the same thing. You know, Rakim was like, yo, this shit just ain't popping. And, you know, he broke out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people in Aftermath did that. With Eve. Uh, Eve, Truth Hurts. Truth Hurts. Um, Cause that uh, strawberries and strawberries and cream, uh, still one of the greatest songs. I yeah. pickle her down. Truth hurts. Mm-hmm. She old as shit. <laughs> I still pickle her down. Hey yo, no, I ain't getting in trouble this week. Yeah, so let's move on to Freeway. Freeway yeah. released his debut album around the same time. Yep. What was so special about Freeway coming out in that era? His well, first of all, it was it was the it was the Rockefeller era. Mm-hmm. They it was almost like they could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um Everything they did was hot. You know, you had you had Jay Z uh, when they did the Dynasty album. It was like, yo, these dudes is on fire. Was that the first time you heard Freeway? Yes. On One Eye Hustler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Beanie Siegel was fresh off of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, which to me that's still one of the best albums. True for the reason. Which one you like better? <laughs> Goddamn. Oof. Reason. Thank you. Thank you. Reason. I will take reason over uh the truth any day. Um it was it was produced way better. Way better. Yep. Um plus they had they had the EPMD joint. Yeah, so what you saying? Yep. And then he had a joint with corrupt uh um, gangster gangster. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know that album like front to back. Tesla Hustler was my favorite song on that album. 
Emilio Spots, young gun. My life is an adolescent since I'm going through something. No, the one I like. Ooh, dun, 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 who wanna fuck with? The fat boy of the rock. Brrr, stick him hot. Yeah, Another victim. That was, that was Matt my Julie joke. Papers again. Watch out, bitches. Yes. Hey, yo. Yeah. Yo, that, uh, get down. Mm-hmm. Then, then when they took it to the Rockefeller mixtape, Empire Strikes Back, they put the remix to get down on there. Yep. With the whole state property on there, man, that. That was that yes. was peak. That was peak state property. That was peak Rockefeller. Yeah, like I say, they could do no wrong. And there was another song on there on this freeway joint. Um, um, Kanye West produced it. I do my dirt about my lonely, yeah. and I got Last the hard, hard to fight. fight. So please, um, please, 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 and still in effect is my shit too. Uh, hold on. Roddy Lil Youngin was a snotty little youngin. Out there hustling for paper for paper. Turn out the lights. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Please don't leave no hesitation. That guitar riff, mm-hmm. that was Pete Kanye. Mm-hmm. That was Kanye. Sampling, yeah. Sampling. That was his mm-hmm. best production. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, everything just blaze. Kanye, um, you know what I'm saying, Jay-Z shouting out Lenny S, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, Shout out to Lenny S, bro. Yo. He's the reason why I wear pins on my hats. Yeah, yeah. Shout Kodak, out to Kodak Lens. Yeah, and he's a, f- a phenomenal photographer. Yeah. Um, he said he's coming out with a book, too. I can't with, wait to see all his book, I mean, all his pictures. He I can't did. wait to see. Um, how does that rank amongst um debut albums on Rockefeller? Debut albums, um, I would say that's number two underneath Hole. Ooh, on Rockefeller, Philadelphia Freeway's better than the truth, and Coming of Age, and a Young Guns album. <sighs> I, I don't think it's yet. better than the truth. You don't think that's better than the truth? I don't think it's better than the truth. I'm gonna put that up. I'm gonna put that up. I don't think it's better than I'm gonna tag these niggas too. <laughs> Philadelphia Freeway is a better album than the truth. And mm. I know that's gonna piss Philly niggas off. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. I said what I said. I don't think it's better. What? Than Listen. Uh, under what grounds? Because it's definitely produced a way better. Way better. <sighs> trying to think. Produce better overall. I can't see it. What? I can't see it. What was on the truth? The truth. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac and Brad. And track number eight. Mac Man was on there. Track number eight. I just uh, uh, remember the days. Remember the days. Yep. Um. First of all, the truth. It itself, uh, I don't see how that that song by itself. To me, that kills any. I don't know. Kanye no, 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 produced no, 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 that no. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, I almost shot myself in the foot and I almost said, uh, "The truth kills anything on freeway." But what we do is, yeah, I had to stop myself. I was like, "Nah, let me not get ahead of myself. Stop, chill." Um, 
<laughs> we might have to thumb wrestle on this one. I'm just saying, bro. Like, hey, I'm, I, listen, I'm open. I'm open to talk about it. I'm open to talk about it. Is if it if the if Philadelphia Freeway is better than the truth, it's not by much, in my opinion. Not That's by much. That's debatable. We could draw straws to that. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I should present that. Present that to I'll present it to Facebook. Okay. Okay. Alright. Um we'll go do two more. Um uh you got a coin? I got a coin. Actually, I do. Okay. Uh, let's do heads or tails. Uh, okay. my birthday, your birthday, and then whoever birthday is, the other person pick the year. Okay. All right. So your birthday be heads. Okay. All right. My birthday. Right. What year? Uh, let's do ninety four. All right. Kicking down your goddamn door. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Uh, Wait, that's June. Oh, okay. Here we go, July. Uh, okay. Wow, you got a whack one. Mm-hmm. Coolio releases his debut solo album. It takes a thief on Tommy Boy, produced by Brian Dobbs. Coolio's laid back party jams. Nah, Future. fuck that. Let's switch that. I'm gonna edit <laughs> that shit out. <laughs> all, right, all right. Let me see. Let's pick another year. Let's pick another uh, year. Let's, see. let's do something later in the nineties. All right, later in the nineties. Let's say we on. Uh, here we go. Ninety nine. July twenty seventh. Ooh. Hot Boys released their oh. second studio album. Oh, July twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hot Boys released the second studio album, Guerrilla Warfare, on Cash Money. Following the, the following the success of their Manny Fresh produced debut, Get It How You Live, New Orleans hot, hardcore teen quartet of BG Juvenile Young Turk Lil Wayne's second release was highly anticipated. Their album debuted at number five on the Billboard two hundred, topped the R and B chart in part due to strong singles, We On Fire. Which reached number five oh, on the rap chart, and I need a hot girl, which reached number twenty-three on the R&B chart. Um, hot boys came out. How were you feeling about that? Mm, here's the thing about that. So this is ninety-nine. This is summer ninety-nine. I was I had just joined the Air Force in March of ninety-nine, and did basic training in uh, San Antonio. And then I was sent to Biloxi, Mississippi mm-hmm. in April of 99. Mm-hmm. So I was down there during this wave. And Biloxi is about an hour, maybe an hour and a half from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I was catching all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that whole that whole wave was crazy. Um, cause I had never heard bounce music before. Mm-hmm. I, I love bounce music. I didn't know what bounce was. Yeah. Um, and um, shout out to my homegirl in Detroit from New Orleans. Um, she, like, she really like she's New Orleans to the heart. Um, she's got the accent. No, nah, she don't have I the accent love no more. The New Orleans accent. Her mom has the accent. That is an amazing. Yes. Women with the New Orleans accent. It's such a. It's such a. A unique accent, um, 
and it can, bruh, I'm going to tell you, any woman from Louisiana can cook. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's a requirement. Mm-hmm. And they can cook their asses off. Like, oh my God, that shit is so good. Um, But yeah, shout out to her. Um, So yeah, I was down there. And luckily for us, and and my group of friends, one of my one of the guys we we, we were hanging with was from Lake Charles, okay, which is outside of New Orleans. So a couple of times we went home with him, and he was taking us all through New Orleans. Cause now when people go to New Orleans, like as tourists, you go to the French Quarter, you go mm-hmm. to Bourbon Street. But he was taking us to the third ward, to the ninth ward. Mm-hmm. Um, I said third ward, that's Houston. He was taking us all these places, mm-hmm. you know, in the hood. And he took us to a bounce club. And it was about maybe five or six of us from all over, you know, you know, VA, all that. We didn't know what to do. I mean, because the thing about it, bounce music, and, and this is, you know, talking about homegirl in Detroit, this is what we was talking about it one day. The thing about bounce music is you have to dance. Um, so yeah, you know, um, so we, we go into Lake Charles and we go into the to the bounce club and for me I remember, man, it was it was a culture shock. Mm-hmm. You know, cause they in there, you know, the girls in there twerking. And and, and this is the thing, so when Miley Cyrus came out and she did her little that little I don't know what the fuck she did. Chicken butt shape. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, I don't know what that was. And all of a sudden, America was like, oh, twerking, twerking. I was like, I saw that shit back in 99. Mm-hmm. And then people from Louisiana would tell you, we was doing that back in 89. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So that definitely feeds into, they want our rhythm, but not our blues. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, that was heavy. Yeah. You that know. was heavy. And, and so, um, yeah, so 99, man, I was... I was in I was in Mississippi, which uh, I will never fucking go to again. Um, <laughs> Asia, um, but I was down there when Cash Money came out. Um, I need a hot girl, mm-hmm. bling bling. You know what I'm saying? That that whole especially especially juvenile. Uh, back that ass up, Bruh, That was I want to say from. From maybe Dallas, excuse me, from from Dallas to Mobile, from Louisiana, from yeah, from Louisiana all the way up to Little Rock. Mm-hmm. That was like their national anthem. Mm-hmm. One, and you didn't even have to really put for it. If you were a DJ, like for example, if I was a DJ <sighs> in '99. All I would do was just play the intro. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to play the whole mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. all you had to play. Mm-hmm. Place would go nuts. <laughs> that was it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I remember that. That was that was that was heavy. Yeah, them dudes was on. They had a hell of a run. Mm-hmm. Hell of a run. How how much did the South actually embrace them? They loved them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't just the South. Everybody loved them um, because they was so they was they was hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that was pretty much its introduction to the country. Mm-hmm. 
like I say, this was 99. This was my first time hearing bounce music. I didn't even know bounce music existed. So when it came out, it was a dance track. The girl, you know what I'm saying? You had the dance uh, style from New Orleans, which was twerking. Mm-hmm. So you already getting danced on. Yeah, yeah. And I now, <laughs> every, yeah, exactly. So now everybody's seeing it. Whether you in New York, whether you in Connecticut, whether you in Wisconsin, whether you in Denver, you you getting you, you're getting the benefits of this song. So everybody, it was no, it was I didn't think it was any ill will. Um, and they, bro, they had a hell of a run, man. Um. Until Young Turk decided to fucking start shooting people. So all of them decided to go to jail. I don't think Juvenile ever ended up in jail. Like, during. He did. He did for he like did. child support or yeah, some shit like that. Was, yeah. Something whack. He's still locked up. I think he come home. Again? Next year. He's been locked up for like 10 years. Ooh. Almost 10 years. I know he was in there. Yeah, almost 10. I think about 89 years right now. Damn. Yeah, his son is signed to Currency. Really? Pretty decent rapper. Yo, Currency. He currency and big crit. Um, I'm going to see that crit in uh, Rhapsody tour. They, please tell me. I think we talked about Rhapsody's new album, did we? Maybe we I, did. I haven't got a chance to really sit Maybe down we. with it. Yeah, cause but you, I'm going yeah, to. You got to sit down. Um, currency is forgotten as a as a rapper. Shout out to my uh, tattoo artist in Detroit, uh, Third. He's heavy on currency. Um, but currency, man, he big big car dude too. Mm-hmm. Totally forgotten as an artist. Um, the last one we're going to do tonight for this episode is, uh, my brother gave me 8-11-1986, but I don't want to do 86. I want to do 97. 8-11-97. I think I got a feeling where this one's already going. 8-11-97, yep. Uh, yeah, we're going to skip that one. Is this some people, they talking about. Some shit from Minneapolis. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Eight eleven. Ooh. Mm. Actually, I'm glad we are skipping ninety seven because, like we talked about before, ninety eight. Ah, oh, fuck, man. This needs to be its own episode. All right. So fuck that. All right. Let's do May twelfth, nineteen ninety four. Okay. All right. Sidebar. Yeah, we, we got to keep 98 for its own episode. 98 and 97, or is it just 98? 98. Okay, I'm with that. 98 has got to be its own episode. Okay. I'm looking at these dates, man. And I think we I think we talked about it. Mm-hmm, about doing its own episode. Yeah, bruh. It's, oh my God. Yeah, 98 has got to be its own episode. All right, so what'd you say? Um, May 12th, 94. 94. That might have been 94 years. That was instrumental in my life. Let me see. 811. 811. No. 512. 512. Five, yeah. Uh. Uh. No. Actually, we. Uh. Uh. Nah, not really. What, what does the book go up to? It goes up to. 2016. Really? Yeah. So let's do June 7th, 
2007. I graduated that day. Let's see. 2007. June 7th. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. All right. So we got um. We got June 5th. Mm -hmm. T-Pain releases his second studio album, Epiphany, on his Nappy Boy label. Um, the second self-produced set from the Florida rapper is the first release on his new label, debuting at number one on the Billboard 200. The gold-selling set featured the hit singles Buy You a Drink, which, fe which featured Young Jock and Top, both the Billboard Hot 100 and R&B Hip Hop chart. And a platinum selling bartender which featured Akon. Bartender, oh, she's looking at me. <laughs> and then we can skip forward to, okay, so that's June 5th, and then June 12th, Plies came out with Shorty. <laughs> um, which, first of all, Plies is a cool dude, but. Kurt Franklin. <laughs> but how I heard he got his name, I'm like, this dude's a fucking idiot. He's a nurse. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, have you ever heard a story how he got his name? Mm-mm. He, bro, and I swear to God, man, he said this, and I was like, oh, man, this shit hurt my brain. He said, somebody was like, so where'd you get your name from? He was like, yeah, you know, it was when you grabbed the tool and you put the squeeze on the nigga. It was like, pliers? He was like, yeah, plies. And I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Finish the word, nigga. <laughs> bro. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but June fifth. Right. So here's so I, I fucks with T Pain. Mm -hmm. First of all, his new album is amazing. His newest album that came out this year, amazing. Did, I listen, been, I've been waiting tonight. Listen to it. I've been waiting on his album. Listen, um, I think I hold my nose. Yeah, <laughs> um, man, that was weird. Um, so first of all, when T Pain came out with the first album, um. Rapper turned singer. Mm -hmm. I think everybody kind of wrote him off because mm -hmm. he was doing the auto tune thing. And wasn't that the song that they had? The that was the stripper song. Stripper song. Yep. Yeah. Damn, took the words right out of my mouth. Um. So I think everybody kind of wrote him off. I remember I actually bought Epiphany, mm -hmm. and I loved that album, and I loved it because, I mean, my man. Like he's he's really an artist, you know what I'm saying? Um, and there was a couple of songs on there. Um, he had a song with Shauna. I really like Shauna as a rapper from DTP. Yeah, who he eventually. Yeah, I think Luda Luda fucked her. She over, she she was trying to be slick and leave Luda for Nappy Boy, and it didn't work out. Uh, I think the only person to release something on Nappy Boy. Travis McCoy from Gym Class Heroes, which was, that was an amazing album. It's called the, um, is it called the Manual? Or that might have been a song that T-Pain was on. But that was a really, really, really good album. Hmm, okay. And he had the song with, uh, e either it was, I think it was, um, Bruno Mars or was it CeeLo? I think it was CeeLo. I think it was Bruno Mars. Um, but anyway, what was you saying? I'm, I'm about to add this. Talking about Shauna. Uh, but yeah, so I like that I like that, like that T-Pain album And I, I like T-Pain as art Like, that was the first T-Pain album that I bought 
because um, at the time I, you know, I had a car with a CD player, so I was buying CDs, mm -hmm. and I bought this one. Um, I really liked that. Buy you a drink, young Young Jock was hot. You know, he had the he had his song out. Um, bartender, which had Akon on it. Um, and also there was another song on there, Church. No, no, no. Yeah. So it started out with Tallahassee Love, um, which was dope. Church, which was, that was, I almost turned, it was a fight song almost. And uh, Backseat Action, that's the one with Shauna. Mm -hmm. He had a song called Time Machine, which was kind of uh, a, an ode to your youth. Mm -hmm. Um and uh yeah t t paint that that album that album was was tight um and then on top of that i became a huge t pain fan when people found out that nigga could sing mm -hmm. when he could really sing like oh he's he's for real mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um and then every time i think of t pain i think about his first album rapper turned singer and then that reminds me of fonte Okay. Because I think Fonte is the best rapper turned singer. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you like the Little Brother new album? I love it. Okay. I love it. Mm. Um, they 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 just did an interview with somebody talking about why Ninth wasn't there. Rap rap radar. If you get a chance, well, listen to that interview that they had with a, a waste of time with It's the Real. I think that's what I saw. That is a really good fucking interview, bro. Okay. They have a really good interview with Little Brother. Actually, their last three joints, they had one with Rick Ross that was really good. The one with uh, Young Jeezy is really good. And the one with Little Brother, they good. Nice. They nice. Yeah. They they actually love hip-hop. And they really huge Rockefeller fans. Okay. Um, Shout out to them. Um, So, Three Rings was the next album, right? Can't believe it was on that third album. Yep, that was on the... mixtape that came out before... That album was better than the album. It was called Pre Rings. Didn't get that one. It's uh, it's probably on that piff now. Okay. But uh, it was way better than the actual album that came out. I mm. think that's when he hit his ceiling. Mm hmm And then I think people got tired of him. At mm hmm At the can't believe it came out. Mm hmm It did very well. Mm hmm The album I don't remember the album doing well. The I remember album. me not liking the album. The for album sure. did not do well. Mm hmm Cause I didn't buy it. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, I was riding that T-Pain wave because I had Epiphany. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, all right, bet he coming with something else. Mm -hmm. Can't believe it. The video was kind of weird. It's weird as fuck. The remix had Justin Timberlake on. I wasn't really mad at that, but uh, Trey uh, Songz had a good verse on that, by the way. Yeah, I didn't, on I didn't buy that one. And then, right after that, Jay-Z came out with Death of Auto-Tune. Mm, yeah, it was a rap. And it was a rap. My man was like... I'm done. Yeah, he knew it. <laughs> that and, nigga knew it. And I think if, well, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I think if, if he had somehow finessed it to come out like, hey, I can actually sing mm -hmm. at the same time as Death of Auto Tune, or 
maybe done it before and maybe death of auto tune not come out might have he might have lasted on a higher level somebody seeing a sinking ship and and jumping before the boat sank with them drown mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty much it yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, that ship went under mm -hmm. and he was on it yeah and he, <laughs> and he didn't want to be on it. He knew it was sinking. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, this shit is a wrap. But it's like, bro, you you still got the paddles. Mm -hmm. Like, swing know. to the top. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Epiphany, man, that's that might be my favorite T Pain album. Mm. Um, it has some it has some joints on that, man. I think this episode went very well. To be honest, it's probably one of my favorite episodes I've done in a long time. You know, I, I mean, like I say, I've been looking at this book all week. <laughs> like, I, I, I should just, I should just take a little tab in there. Like, all right, I just turned it. In. I was like, nope, I ain't gonna touch the book. Uh huh. But like I say, man, I, yeah, yeah, I really, really, especially you know, shout out to Yumi, man, because that that killer will. That's like I say, that's one of my. Was favorite. that the best one that we picked? What was the best date that we that we did? The freeway joint. Freeway Beanie Siegel. Mm. <laughs> oh, I gotta put that up, bro. Yeah. I gotta put that up. But bro, night I I cannot wait. This this was you right. This was a lot of fun because it was memory lane like a motherfucker. Uh -huh. But ninety-eight when I'm when you Oh my god. The mm, I think I feel like ninety eight should be a, a a bigger, bigger uh, should be more than us. It has to be. I, I got I gotta work that one out. It I has work to that be. one out. Cause I mean, just okay. Preview for ninety eight. The locks, money, power, respect. Silk the shocker, charge it to the game. Gangstar, moment of truth. Big pun, capital punishment. DMX. It's dark and hell is hot. Mm. Uh, prize, ghetto superstar. Lauren Hill. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Can't give him no more. We can't give him no Dude, more. This, I'm <laughs> telling. All right, I'm I'm gonna call it right now. The episode for ninety eight might be. Your best episode ever. Really? Just based off of the dates of what's in this book. Mm. Mm. Bruh. Y'all know I, I I love doing my thing on Laptop Chronicles. And mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. There's more ways than one that made sense. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna close the book, man. I can't, I can't wait to do that. Ninety-eight. Yeah, we we have because we could literally talk about ninety-eight for like four or five hours. Mm. And remind me to get because I posted something up on my Tumblr, which yes, I still use Tumblr. It's still out there. It's still working. <laughs> but yeah, I got a I got a regular Tumblr. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Allegedly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I did post up something for ninety eight. Okay. Um, cause somebody had, somebody had put up, somebody had the tapes, mm -hmm. and they put them all together for everything that was released in ninety eight, 
and I can't remember what date it was. It it wasn't. It was less than two months ago, and I reblogged it. Mm -hmm. And it was everything that. That's how I know. Like I was, I was looking at it, and I was like, "Damn, all of that came out in '98." Mm -hmm. So that's why I say, "Not yeah." Might have to get Vic on this one too, bro. We gotta get shit. Everybody, fuck it. We gotta. Fly to homie Stacy and get her in it. Man. Yeah, we got something. Man, I think I could finagle that with the with the. You know what? I think I could really get that done simply because we're here and I'm not. We'll talk about that after yeah. that. But uh, yeah, everybody know y'all know the uh, what I call them, the Padron, <laughs> my Padron and Pod sis, Pod sisterian, sisterian. You just made words at this. Yeah. Point. My bad. <laughs> but um yeah, shout out to the band, Stacy Norm. Shout out to the uh council podcast group that is Norm, myself, the great low, and JR Swift. Um, shout out to y'all, man. I'm proud of y'all. Uh man, shout out to Pre. Shout out to uh four twenty wrap up podcast, shout out to Coach Class Podcast, shout out to um my man Mouse, relevant regulars will be back really soon. Let's see. Uh, did I say Coach Class Podcast? Uh, yeah. Okay, shout out to Coach Class Podcast. Aleem, um, what's the next uh, Laptop Chronicles <laughs> porn cast? Is it Ooh. it's intense? Uh, yeah, it's going to be intense. Then what's, the, what's the topic? Um, well, what's let me see. So, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's going to be intense because... Uh, I met this dude in his Facebook group. He's cool as hell, and he's a porn connoisseur. It's Ron Jeremy. It's Ron Jeremy, wait, ladies wait. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my yeah. man, like, I've never had more intellect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like listen, I didn't went to college to learn how to talk about and teach history, right? Which... You can do that on a very intellectual level. <laughs> Me and my man, this dude's name, I ain't gonna put his name out there, but we've had intellectual porn conversations. So he hooked it up. He was like, yo, come through. We're gonna record. So that shit's gonna be wild. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's what that one was. <laughs> You've been waiting to use that one. No, I didn't know what that button was. <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck was that? Yeah, that's not cool. See you next time. Baltimore County forever. You know the fucking vibe.